1: semi-final spots booked in Torino. Welcome to TC Live, your post-game show to wrap up all the action from day five in Italy and get you caught up on everything else in the world of tennis. Here is what's coming up over the next half hour. A winner-take-all showdown for the right to advance out of the green group. Would Taylor put Felix on the prince? Plus, there's just one spot left in the doubles draw as Team Ramsbury is back in the Final Four, hoping to avenge last year's loss in the championship. And we've got a stat that will blow your mind. More than 40 years of finals history spread across just four superstar careers. Trivia time, later on TC Live. Come on in, great to have you with us, Steve Weissman, alongside Hall of Famer Jim Courier, And we got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick up close and personal on the big screen, not muted at all, and yet it is still flashing there. We're gonna talk all about Taylor Fritz coming up, but let's start with Rafa Nadal, who was on a four-match losing streak, but Nadal said the other day he would die to reach his top level again. Some were thinking he wouldn't even play today. Uh, Rafa scoffs at the thought, taking on Kasparud, Andy, who hadn't dropped a match yet, but came in 0 for seven in matches and 0 for 18 in sets against top three players.
2: Yeah, and and listen, as bad as Rafa has been through his first two matches, admittedly by him, he was that good today. You can see him actually getting some penetration on his shots, getting that little circle C footwork there and actually finishing at the net, realizing when he needed to be aggressive and not just kind of sitting back and, and waiting. Uh, the, the big shots really like, look at him taking cuts there, Steve, from the first ball. Maybe a, too little, too late here in Turin, but this is a good sign for next year. He was flagging those balls, that forehand up the line, in the other two matches. So, listen, a guy with the tennis IQ of Rafa is going to figure it out if given enough opportunities. Was too little, too late. That is just ridiculous. That's like playing video games, like X button, down button, X, Y, Z, press, something like that. I don't know. But not easy. But you see him coming through, playing with depth mixing up the shots back and forth using the touch. Rafa was in full flight today. This is good to see for him going into next year. And that's his tell shot, that fact that he can drive crossboard. When he's hitting that well, he can keep opponents at bay. And you see the respect between the two. He says, good luck, amigo. I am going
1: home for a couple of days. I'll see you next week in South America. That is right. Uh, How about pressing the A button? Because he had his A game again. Nadal ends his season with a win. (laughs) Rude still moving on to the semifinals. Nadal, 37 winners 18 more than Ruud. Won 93% of the points on his first serve. Ruud now 0 for 20 in sets against the top three. Rafa shared his thoughts with Prakash after.
3: A lot of players might not have even
1: played today. Why was it so important for you?
3: Well, it's important because at the end, I am a professional tennis player, no? And uh, it's important because, uh, uh, because practices like yesterday, matches like today... Uh, probably says why I, I achieved all what I achieved in my career.
1: It's just who Rafa is. Obviously, the man was going to play and, and give a great performance. Jim, let's talk about Rafa's season. Two more majors, right? Starts the season 20-0, and yep. 22-1 at Grand Slams, at four titles overall. Could you argue that Rafa Nadal, despite the fact that Carlos Alcarez is number one in the world, Rafa Nadal is your player
3: of the year? I could argue that. I think you can make a strong case for him. You can make a strong case for Carlos as well, I think, uh, given where he started and where he finished. What Rafa was able to achieve in Australia in isolation, the fact that he was coming off of COVID in December and not a lot of tennis leading into that, that was amazing and unexpected down two sets to Love and all that to Medvedev. And then to play with a, a foot that he had to, in his words, put to sleep before every match yeah. at Roland Garros, play with a numbed foot, win 14 titles there, go undefeated in the majors through Wimbledon, right? Had a default. The Curious obviously lost to Tiafo in the U.S. It's a great season that has had a lot of a lot of physical challenges for Rafa, but you win two majors. You welcome a, a healthy baby boy to your family. It's been an amazing year for him overall, I would say from my lens.
2: Yeah, let's let's make this very simple, right? Carlos Alcaraz, nobody's gonna be mad if he gets named player of the year. He won a major, number one in the world, but I can very simply tell you which year Rafa would have next year if given the choice, his from this year or Alcaraz's from this year. He won two majors. That's it. That's where the conversation ends for someone who has the kind of career volume statistics that that Rafa Nadal has. Listen, if you told him, hey, you win Roland Garros next year, great. Thank you. No problem. Not too worried about many other tournaments. So listen, I, I can tell you which year I would have had. I would rather have the two majors. Rafa would have rather had the two majors. So it's largely irrelevant what we think. Rafa had the year that he would have wanted, maybe he didn't finish as strongly as he would have wanted. But you give him the choice between those two years, I guarantee you he's taken in the two-slam year. All
1: right. Strong case for Rafa Nadal to be your ATP Player of the Year. Meantime, we had the matchup win and you're in. That was Felix OJ, Ali Asim, and Taylor Fritz. They met in the opening match of the year. For one of these guys, Jim, it would be their last match of the tour season.
3: Yeah, and and uh, looked like you know, it was going to be a nip and tuck match, and it was, right? These guys are both great servers. Neither could really make much impact in the first couple of sets. So into the we win. Fritz was the sturdier, steadier player in the first set tiebreak. Some unforced errors. from out of the seam to Fritz put that one away. But Taylor couldn't break away in the second set. Felix did well with his serve. Actually had three break points mid-set against Taylor. Didn't get him, so into the tiebreak they go again. Felix out of nowhere with a drop shot and then able to break free here at 5-all. Takes this point with some aggression. Gets to set point. And it'll close it out to send it into a third set. Here's the set point. First ball, forehand after the serve. So good on the inside out. So in it we went. Love this guy's fighting spirit, right? Doesn't get down, just keeps battling. But... Taylor Fritz get down. He stayed with it as well, kept doing what he was doing. His serve stabilized and in the middle of the set, O.J. Aliasin played a couple of bad service games. A few unforced errors, a double fault. Taylor Fritz, aggressive on the forehand, would make him pay and he would get the break on his fourth break point and hit the shot of the deck. That was amazing, the two-handed little flick down the line. And then Why not? Let's break one more time for good measure and get into the semifinals. Taylor Fritz does just that. You know, he is pumped.
1: First American semifinalist since Jack Sock in 2017, moments ago with Prakash. He into the semis, man. Congratulations. Look, Felix has been playing some of the best tennis on the tour over the last month. You guys were bombing serves away. Not too much chance on the return. How tough was it to hang in there? But then you opened it up wide in that third set.
3: Yeah, it was it was tough. Like no one really had any chances. Uh, you know, he had the two break points in the second and then uh, a lot of the time in the first and the second set, I was having these like fifteen thirty thirty 30 alls where I was in the rallies and I just kept losing those rallies. I probably had 10 opportunities where I was like in a neutral point to create a break point, And I just couldn't do it. So um, I just had to not get frustrated, had to reset. And, you know, I felt like going into the third a break was coming. I just
1: want to talk Jim said it the other day, one of his best qualities, competitiveness, being a fighter. And if you take a look at the numbers, Taylor Fritz, he won eighty-one percent of his serves overall, seventy-one percent on the second serve, saved all three break points, broke three times himself, and you see the winners to unforced errors, a positive rate for Taylor Fritz. Andy, how would you characterize this win for the American?
2: I think it was a, a really good performance. It's a tough match because you feel like you feel the pressure on the opportunities that you do get because there's so few and far between. But uh, hey, listen, Jim's trying to call live match and answer on text my you know observations and questions as annoying as I am during it. And I said, is, is Fritz the best in the world on a fast service? Just going toe to toe, right? Just throwing haymakers and body blows from the baseline. I think he's as good as we have in the game, maybe with the exception of Novak Djokovic, who can kind of change directions a little bit easier, but doesn't hit the ball quite as big as Taylor Fritz. I'm so impressed. He doesn't really get nervous from the baseline, seemingly. It seems like he's happy to go line, cross with any shot, got a little nervy with the second serve at times. But listen, survive, advance. The goal at the beginning of the week is to get the semis. Now the tournament starts. Got a tough one next, though.
1: We, we will get the answer to that question, right? If, if yeah. it's Djokovic and then Fritz 1A, they're, they're playing in the semifinals. Yeah. What, what did you text back?
3: I text back that if it's a pure offensive competition, I think that Taylor Fritz is in, the, compet- he's in the, the conversation as the best from the baseline because he can slug it out on the forehand and the backhand both ways. Defense is where the, the better players separate from him. Yeah. We, we all know that. But if you make it offense, which this court by and large does – He's in with a puncher's chance, so uh, he'll he'll give it a good ride, I'm sure, against Novak. No reason not to. Well, How about taking
1: advantage of the opportunity? Alcaraz is out, Fritz is in, and he makes the semifinals. Awesome stuff. Looking to be yeah. the first American finalist since our good friend James Blake back in 06. So it is Casper Rude and Taylor Fritz coming out of the green group in singles play. They will advance to the semifinals. Looking forward to that. Still to come on the show, a holiday treat from us to you. Details on our tennis channel December special celebrating Roger and Serena. You don't want to miss this next.
0: It all started with my parents, and they deserve everything.
2: And it it does feel like a celebration to me. I wanted to feel like this at the end, and it's exactly what I hoped for. So, thank you.
0: It's been a fun ride, and I'm just so grateful to every single person. It's been a a perfect journey. I would do it all over again
1: really the Rothfeteers for me. Tennis Channel celebrating the legendary careers of Serena Williams and Roger Federer all next month. Debuting Saturday, December 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern, an hour-long tribute from our legends like Martina and Andy to these legends. Time now for our Fox weather forecast from Torino.
3: I'm FOX WEATHER's Britta Merwin, and here's tomorrow's Neto ATP finals forecast. We're looking at the weather in Turin, Italy, and outside the stadium, really nice, partly cloudy skies with temperatures in the low 60s. Now you can download the FOX WEATHER app or stream FOX WEATHER from your favorite connected TV device.
1: All right, all four doubles teams in the red group entered the day with a chance to qualify for the semifinals. Andy, we know you love a good glass pool celebration. We got Lloyd and Hari Heliovara absolutely crushing Marcel Grenelliers and Horatio Zabaios today. All right,
2: listen, I had no dog in this fight, Steve, but I did. I, I am kind of celebration curious. At this point, is it going to be the fist pump at the people? Is he going to know someone in the crowd? Is it going to be something we've never seen before? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out. But the point is, they ran through this match. Jim's been talking about close margins. This was not that surprisingly, especially in doubles on a court this fast. It is hard to create space unless you are glass pool. And they started yelling back at him. You see that right there? <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen that in 20 years of those two guys uh, on tour. But listen, no one beats glass pool at a celebration. Look at Paul board to get to the semis of the doubles. And he is pumped. And what I'd like to see in this highlight is <laughs> Hill Hill goes a little bit. Last goes all the way
1: with the celebration. I'll take it so here This is, no. this is I'm a play double speed. <laughs> A little Matumbo action there. I like it. Uh, with that result, Marcelo Revelo and Jean-Julien Roger Jim knew they had to defeat Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury in straight sets. They actually came out
3: really fast. They came out hot, but that's tough to do. Ram and Salisbury are so tough and they're experienced, but so are Roger as well. Revelo, he's a little bit of a new name at this level, but he was coming up with some goods. So they were looking pretty good there. First set they have, but the second set breaker, they needed to clinch it. And this is where Salisbury and Ram separated and made it their match. So they sit it into the match tiebreak. They knew at that point they were into the semis. But why not take a little extra kick? There's prize money. They're ranking points. Why not? Christmas is coming. we got to have some, a uh, little bit of sugar in, this, in the uh, sack for Santa. And they would. This was some good stuff here. 9-5 goes 10-5. Joe. Salisbury, even a the late bloomer, he's got a lot of runway. Magic Ram in his 40s still going
1: strong. They get the top seed. There's still a lot for that $930,000 top prize. Forget the Salisbury steak, go straight filet. Just go Ramsbury. With that, <laughs> with that kind of money, right? Take a look at it. We've got uh, Ram and Salisbury. They are your top seeds, 3-0. and And then
3: Lloyd Glasspool and Haliabara. We got more, more Lloyd more celebrations Lloyd. coming forward. Lloyd, pumped. Lloyd. Lloyd. <laughs> Dumb
1: and dumber. Still to come. We've got some trivia for Andy, Jim, and you at home. Lendl, Sampras, Federer, Djokovic. They are the inspiration. We shall explain that. Courier Roddick-Weissman back on TC Live. And the ATP now stands for All That Paper. The ATP announced today the largest <laughs> Single-year increase in player compensation, nearly $38 million more. That is a 21% increase from this year. In addition, by the way, to the main tour, the Challenger Tour prize money going up to $21 million. Jim, what does this actually mean for the players?
3: Well, This is great news for the players. Uh, especially, I love it for the Challengers. The guys that are mm-hmm. just hoping to break even to keep the dream alive. That will be meaningful for them to, as they pursue their passion and try and get up to the big leagues where the money is getting bigger and bigger. This is massive. This is what the ATP brought in uh, that Andrea Gadenzi and the team to try and do to get more revenue. When people ask me in America, a lot of my friends don't know much about tennis. They say, how is is tennis? How's the business of tennis? Because they don't really see much of it here in America because they're just focused on football. I tell them it's never been healthier. The prize money is bigger than it's ever been, men and women, and it's going up and up and up. And that, all those increases do not even include a newly negotiated bargaining agreement between the players and the tournaments of the Masters 1000s Profit sharing. If those Masters 1000s as a group do very well, the players will share in that. And that is more good news for the players.
1: And three more Masters 1000s going to the full two weeks yep. this year as well. Two more after that the next year. Uh, Andy, what was your reaction when you saw that?
2: Well, my first reaction was that God is taking a lot of heat. You know, he got this job before a pandemic. Not easy, right? And, and listen, there, there was never going to be smooth sailing. We all kind of navigated this this weird two years uh, in our own ways. But uh, to kind of piggyback on what Jim said, my favorite part of this, uh, as well as just more money in the game, more eyeballs, more interest, fantastic. But now the challenger guys can afford to chase the dream a little bit more without you know, having to play for the next week, right? Can I afford hotels? Can I afford to travel? Can I actually plan my schedule as needed? Can I afford the flights to go play on the surfaces that suit my game? These are all big questions when you're 150 in the world. So that is probably the thing I was happiest about just as a tennis fan. But listen, going the right way, we always strive for progress
1: and this is definitely progress. I remember, the winner of the ATP Finals this year, grandest prize in tennis history, $4.74 million. If you go undefeated, Novak Djokovic still has a chance to do that. Good stuff for the ATP. Time to enter the social net and take a look at this. Bastian Fashan, our good friend on Twitter, tweeted that from 1980 to today, a span of 42 years, there was only one year, 2001, where the semifinals of the year End championships did not feature one of Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Pete Sampras, or Yvonne lendelgen in 42 years. How yeah. crazy is that? Yeah, that's
3: nuts. That is absolutely bonker stuff. And this, for me, also hat tip to Lendl, who gets overlooked a lot in these discussions about the yes. players and greatness because he's not as visible as someone like John McEnroe is on television. But Lendl's record, if you dig into it, boy, is it impressive. And this is just another piece of the puzzle for him.
2: Yeah and one of the other things is is this just shouts these four guys are really 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 good indoors and on fast surfaces right you do not want to see them in these conditions when they are getting a clean strike on the ball uh, listen and, and frankly a lot of them were competing for a year and number one so that dictates motivation that dictates them really pressing the gas at the end of the year but. You know, these stats are always so impressive. I'm amazed at what the greats in our game uh, have been able to do over time. And props to Lendl, too. Jim is absolutely right. He gets overlooked far too often.
1: All right, Andy, Jim, it is now time to play a little game show. Trivia time. Name that semifinalist from 2001, the one year that did not have Djokovic, Federer, Sampras, or Lendl. Andy, I'll start with you. Who do you think these four semifinalists are from 2001? Uh, it's gonna be Leighton Hewitt is one of them. Ding ding ding. Uh,
2: Gustavo Gustavo uh, it's gonna be Juan Carlos Ferrero is ding, gonna ding. be another one. Um I don't know if Guga made it. I know he won the year before. Uh struggling in O one. Uh Agassi probably was one of them in O one, I'm guessing.
3: Oh no, Jim <laughs> help me out. Now Bandian? Was Bandy in there? Was he in the mix? No. No. Not not in the mix. Yet. No. Was was O one in Houston? Was that was that no. play? No. Okay. Where was it played? No, I want to say it was still maybe Lisbon still. Lisbon or one of those places. Now, I'm, uh, yeah. Rafter? am yeah. finished one. Quentin finished we've one. we got two out of the yes. four. Uh,
1: no, I will say, uh, Roddick, you didn't play this guy, but he's in the Hall of Fame. Courier, you've got to win against him. Even he said Yes, there you go. Okay. And, and then oh, we're giving awesome it away. Grosjean. Oh, Grosjean. Yeah, Sebastian Grosjean was actually in the finals. He oh, lost this was to Leighton. This,
3: this one was in Sydney. Hewitt won there. He did. Yeah, that that's the same building that uh, they had the ATP Cup in this year where Felix and, and Taylor played. There you go. That's Look even that. more trivia for you. Right. <laughs> We love it. <laughs> I don't know anything about the players, but I can tell you everything about the building. <laughs> Bonus <laughs> trivia. Keep going, Jim. What, what else do you... That's where do you enter? That's, that's all I got. That's all you got. All right, yeah. we're done. Uh,
1: <laughs> that was fun, though. What, what a stat. That's a stat. Thank you, Bastion. Yeah. Nito ATP to funnels Friday. One more spot up for grabs. Will it be Sitsipas? Will it be Rublev? Jim and Andy will tell you exactly who it's going to be next.
0: Jim Andy Steve back
1: with you. Our hot shot of the day, a little doubles action. Andy Roddick, take a look at that. And talk about getting a jump and a lead on it. The shot was great,
2: the instincts were perfect. As soon as he sets up, Salisbury is already in a full sprint by the time he commits to angling that volley. Good rack of work here at the end and the flipper cross court. That's the one you had to give. Too good from Salisbury. And he is excited. I don't, he looks like he's fist-pumping the ball kid there. I don't think he was, but anyways, good shot.
1: <laughs> Ramsbury, moving on. Our featured matches tomorrow. We've got Medvedev and Djokovic. Novak, of course, already into the semifinals. And then winner-take-all between Stefano Tsitsipas and Andre Rublev. Coverage begins 5.30 a.m. Eastern. Let's head back to Italy for a preview with Danny and Prakash.
0: All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. P.S. spot in the semifinals up for grabs between Stefano Tsitsipas, Andre Rublev, and it's the Greek that leads the head-to-head 6-4. Who's coming out of group play? Well, look, Rublev clipped him here last year, but just the way Steph has been playing, we always knew he had
1: a complete game, but the dynamicness that he's bringing, a lot more serve and volley, using that backhand slice, and then following it up with a big hit down the line. He's just mixing it up so well, attacking so well, I think I'm going to have to back the Greek here.
0: The last day of group play is going to be an exciting one here in Torino. Looking forward to it.
1: Looking forward to it indeed. Winner take all, Jim. Tsitsipas won both of their matches this year in three sets.
2: Yep.
3: Who wins tomorrow? I like Steph on this surface. Uh, I, again, the second serve. I always come back to that with Rublev. You get chances if you are Pass to break serve. When Rublev has a, a down game on first serve, you can attack that second. Quick court, Steph, all courts. I like him.
2: All right. Andy? Yeah, and I, I like what Steph's been doing with the serve and volley, and I don't think that has to be a tactic he applies just to Medvedev, because that's kind of the book that's been written on a fast surface against Medvedev. I like that play against Rublev, kind of serving wide, volleying open court. The the court is fast enough to not worry about Rublev hunting that down with too much time now. I, I like the way he's been mixing in the slice. I like that he's going to have to play a little bit of variety against Rublev, and I actually think he's capable on this surface. I think, uh, I said before, I think he's gotten too much credit for being good on fast surfaces before, but I he's really shown me something this week. I, I, I love what I've seen from Steph this week on a, maybe a, a court service that is less than his favorite.
1: And I read on tennis.com that Rublev is ordering hot shrimp with his cappuccinos in Torino. So that's that's a negative for him. I'm going <laughs> Steph Sitsipas as well. Culinary curiosity. <laughs> the, the other that's matchup that we have is uh, – yeah, exactly. That, that's what I'm saying, Andy. It's shrimp nasty. and cappuccino? like It's sour. It doesn't mix. Oh, yeah, nice. You're going to get sick he, on that. He's losing – He's losing for sure. <laughs> that's it. It's, it's done. Uh, we got Medvedev taking on Djokovic. A, a dead rubber, basically, but 200 points, of yeah. course. three hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars up for grabs. Does Novak Djokovic, Jim, do a little serve and volley against Medvedev like he did last year? Again? I
3: suspect that he will. It's a good tactic. It's not just because you might be thinking about saving energy for the semifinals and finals. Hopefully, if you're Novak, that's going to be coming three days running. What I'm really interested in, Steve, is will Medvedev play his normal style of tennis or because he has you know, no chance of making the semis, does he go way outside of the box? We saw him do some of that last year in a, in a match against center. He didn't need to win. He was already in. Curious to see how he approaches it also.
2: I'm curious to see if he switches up return positions in a match that doesn't matter when the book is kind of starting to get written uh, written on, on how you play Medvedev, right? Novak set the bar last year in Bear Sea. Uh, you saw Steph do it the other night, serving and volleying, especially wide on a fast service. Curious to see if Medvedev says, hey, let's have a free swing since we're on parade, but the result is already baked in. Let's see if we make it a bit of adjustment on uh, House's money. I mean, listen, and he's going to show up and compete. There's 400K on the line. Let's not kid ourselves.
1: Absolutely. 7-4 head-to-head for Djokovic and 4.74 still on the line. Million. For Novak, he wins the whole thing. That's a million dollars. You can feel like this. Yep, there you go. There you go. That'll do it for the show. For Andy and Jim, I'm Steve. Thanks for watching TC Live. The roar of Taylor Fritz, the American, making the semifinals in Torino. Congratulations.